0: I am so honored to have one of my personal spiritual teachers here with me today and co-founder of Living the Course Community, Mark Anthony Lord. He is an ordained minister, a Course in Miracles teacher and student, an author, counselor, channel, and a gorgeous, gorgeous man of service. He has dedicated his life in assisting the collective awakening of the planet through his offerings and through empowering others to reclaim their spiritual strength. Mark has also traveled all over the planet sharing his gifts and have trained extensively under-renowned spiritual teachers like Michael Beckwith among experiencing different modalities of spiritual healing. He's pretty much an expert on this field, and what I'm trying to say is pretty much he knows his shit. So what a blessing to be in his presence today. Mark, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast and on this important topic to kick off the conversation on holy relationship this new year.
1: I I feel like this is like a divine appointment that was in the making the moment I met you. So I'm so happy to be here.
0: Amazing. So I always begin by asking how God met you in your life. And when you knew that this is what you were going to devote your whole life to, Uh, because if we're talking labels right now to some people, spiritual teacher doesn't really sound too enticing because they have no idea what that actually means. And So I just want to know, like, how did you come to be as the leader that you are today?
1: Well, I'm going to go, I'll move quickly, but I want to go back to say I was born into a blue collar um, Catholic, you know, community. And uh, I knew I was a, a little gay boy as early as three or four years old. I didn't know that, but I knew something wasn't okay. I didn't have those words or that understanding as a little boy, but Um, I felt very I was very traumatized by the Catholic religion and this this God that I was being told about. And I was certain I was going to hell. I mean, I was certain I was front of the line of God's reject. So I threw God out pretty early Um, and then fast forward into my 20s from some other traumas in my childhood. I got into um, some pretty intense drug and sex addiction and uh, bottomed out really quickly and ended up in a, a private treatment center in Canada, by the way. And um, I had this amazing counselor, who, after doing a session with her, I was leaving her office, and she said two things: Mark, you got to get a new God, and you better learn how to forgive, or you're going to die. And for some reason, that pierced like I was barely hearing anything that was there. I was so like weird and drugged out still, and everything, but. That absolutely pierced my soul. And I think she was like one of those angels on my path. I was like 24. And it just, that became my mission. And I realized that my the understanding of God was completely off. It was external. It was just wrong on every level. And then this thing, forgiveness, which I just, no one understood what it was. So I was sent on this exploration that I'm so grateful for and it just focused my life. It just went boom. It lined me up and that I didn't know at that time that that's what my life would be about because I was working in the entertainment industry. I had a good career. I had lots of work. So it wasn't my plan to do to be a spiritual leader. That was not on my vision board whatsoever.
0: Wow. Yeah, it definitely will take a couple dark nights of the soul to even be open for that kind of path. Um, but getting into our topic now, shifting from special relationships to holy relationships, which is, is what we're going to talk about today. The word holy to me can feel, or, and to a lot of people, I'm sure, can feel like a lot of a religious term. Yeah. And to some people, they may not be even open to what that word actually means. So can you just explain the key differences and the concept of special and holy relationships within A Course in Miracles and how you came to accept that word as something that is non-dogmatic?
1: Uh, that's such a good question, yeah. And this relationship healing is, I think, central to A Course in Miracles. It is the to me it's the heart of the whole program where it leads us to heal our connection with our brothers and sisters and yeah the course is very it's written in male pronoun and christian terminology which is like oh come on jesus <laughs> you you know it's hard enough to receive this kind of message now you're wrapping it in that kind of packaging but i've i did, i've had much less less issue with that than i've seen other people but to your, to your question, so holy to me is exactly something that we rejected. We projected that out of ourselves. So like, I can't be holy. Um, so we made that about priests and special, you know, spiritual and church leaders, maybe, or that one guy, Jesus, or, you know, we'll sort of let someone else have a little bit of it. But the last thing we want to do is take ownership of it ourselves. But really, to break that word down, to me, it simply means whole, W-H-O-L-E. When you're in your wholeness, your, your, your wholeness of your being, acceptance, and the love that you are, and anchored in the spiritual divinity of your being, you are whole. And, there's, and another way to look at it is there's no hole inside of you, H-O-L-E. There's nothing missing. So to be holy to me is to be whole in your spirit, whole in your being, and everything in you is lined up with this principle. And then you live your life from there.
0: So uh, that's a beautiful explanation of holy, by the way. I never thought about it like that. Um, but when it comes uh. to special a lot of people will tell you, especially through words of affirmation, so you don't feel like apart from a crowd or something that you're special, or to to compliment you that you're special. And people hold on to what that is and um, may see themselves as better than someone else because they're so attached to that word. So within special relationships, what what is a special relationship?
1: Yeah, and you know. Um- the word special itself isn't a bad word. The course of miracles just chooses that word to point to what happens to us. And this is the idea like when you're holy, you're in your wholeness and there and then at that place love is what you are. Love is what everybody is and it becomes the common denominator. What the ego has done is it now says no there's one person that has a special love and I love this person more than everybody else. This is the conditioning in the world. Everyone is conditioned this way. So don't feel bad that that's what happened. It's just the Course is helping us transcend this way of being in relationship. Because the truth is if I make you marry my special someone, but my neighbor next door is not someone that I love, now I have divided the wholeness. And here's the problem. If I divide my world out there, then it's coming from a divided world inside of me and inside of my mind. So it's really reflecting back to me that I'm not whole. And so the Course of Miracles says, if you will work to move your special relationships or the relationships that you have said, you are the one that is more important to me than other people. And the truth is, we've also tried to say, you are more important to me than even me. I mean, don't people do that all the time? They give their power away. They tell that other person, you know, look at our look at our movies. You complete me. You're my one and only. With without with without you, I'm nothing. These are all very dramatic. You know, there's songs about it. There's Broadway shows about this idea that there's one person. There's Disney movies that will say that person will come and save you and rescue you, and you will no longer suffer. What is inside of you? Well, the reality is if any of us have been in relationships or married, and I'm married long time, coming up on 27 years. So I know that that special love that brought us to the altar over the years has become sometimes what the Course points to, special hatred. Like underneath that is this fear. Underneath that, anytime you make someone special than someone else or anytime you give someone else your power, or their your um, completeness, thinking that they hold some part of you. This sounds crazy, but underneath that, you're angry. You're separated. You're disconnected. And your soul only wants to connect. Your soul wants to connect. So when we disconnect by making a relationship special over others, eventually over time, it always backfires on us. And again, I want to say quickly, That everyone's doing it. And the cool thing about it is when you realize you're in a special relationship and you make that perfect, that becomes the place where you're healing, where you're returned to yourself, where you can literally experience God from being in a special relationship. So that's really what the Course is about. The Course of Miracles says this is where everybody lands. Everyone lands in this relationship where you think it's going to be your savior, but it turns out to be the pain in the ass, and it turns out to be that suffering, that secret suffering, or not so secret suffering, but that also becomes the very place where you can discover the true love that you are and the true love that the other person is. So the Course says, okay, you two came together, it became broken, but now Let's use that very brokenness to reveal the wholeness within each of you. So it's actually quite a beautiful, sacred uh, path.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what you were the examples that you were giving within special relationship can be what we see as the culprit of codependent relationships nowadays. There is a lot of codependency That's... because um, people hoard their partners, and or they they use their par- partners as a projection to make them feel special. And and a lot of other things, and it gives out a very distorted understanding of what love actually means. And when you don't necessarily know the true meaning of unconditional love, that's the only kind of love that you're ever going to teach down the generation. And so, I feel like it's such an important, significant uh, learning that we all need to go through because. Where we're heading now with the new, new world, it's all based from the foundation of love. And if you have a distorted way of lo- uh, of knowing what love is, then we can only really go so far because we'll always be hitting that glass ceiling of, of uh, the limitation that we have put love on. Um, but within, of course, in miracles, from my understanding, it teaches us that there is no hierarchy for love, that you either unconditionally love or you do not love at all which is the special kind of love. Um, And most of the society believe that love is something that you have to do. Therefore, you hear those limiting beliefs that like love is not enough or uh, you need to sacrifice for love. And we know that this is an effect of childhood conditioning or past traumas that have projected this idea of love. But for someone who is wanting and willing to transform their personal relationships, whether it be with themselves, a partner, friends, career. ACIM teaches us that the belief in separation is actually the culprit of all of this. And so that obviously enforces these self-destructing realities if you believe that you're separate from other people from the world. And knowing this and from what you've experienced or witnessed in your work, how do special relationships typically Arise, and what do they reflect about our internal state? From what you've witnessed,
1: yeah, cool. Um, I want to back up though, and I'm going to come back to that question because what you said is so good. Um, I just want to add because I'm imagining that our listeners are going, "Well, wait a minute, I can't love my children, I can't love my my husband." I, you know, what about this? This doesn't negate contracts. This doesn't negate your divine appointments to have relationships in this lifetime. But what it does is when you let love lead and lift you into wholeness and to seeing it in everyone, your appointed relationships become deeper. Your spouse, your lover, your children, your parents, your coworkers, everyone, your relationships that you are more intimately in than other relationships, they become the place of joy. They become the place where you get to forgive and you get to, it's just it. It actually makes your relationships better. And I want to say that because people start to get afraid, you know, that it's all going to be neutralized (laughs) and what it really will be is lifted into the same vibration. And then what you have gets even better. So, um, so I, I wanted to get that in because I thought about that while you were sharing, Well, you pointed to it, when you said the core issue is the belief in separation. So when someone is born into this 3D experience, this particular world. The Course Miracles calls, says that it's a dream. We have a collective dream. And in the collective dream, we all become domesticated. We forget who we are. We learn the rules of the dream, that it's about getting. It's about, um, and, the, and the underlying lie in the dream that keeps it going, one of the key ones is lack, that there's something missing. So this is what causes us to seek outside ourselves. If you believe there's something missing, if there's something wrong with you, which I started believing, as I said, from a very early age, if you believe there's a hole in you, you're going to naturally want to fill it. And how does the world tell you to fill it? It says fill it by getting something. It says fill it by getting that right person or getting that right degree or making enough money or getting that new car. It wants you to fill it with anything so that, and and sometimes when you do fill it with something externally or, or most times you get a moment of relief, you get a moment like, Oh, I, I, I filled it, you know, but then the problem is it empties again because the reality is that whole of seeking to get something from the world is insatiable. It's a bottomless pit. Because the reality is the way to have is to give. So the course of miracles helps us flip it right side up to where we remember, "Oh, if I if I want love and I am love, then I've got to start giving it because giving is receiving." And so we learn to return to our natural state, which is what you're really here for, which is to give. You're here to shine your light. You're here to create. You're here to extend and, and give love. But you've got, to get, you've got to look the lie in the face, which is the lie is that you're separate from the love that you are. And the lie that follows very quickly right next to it is there's something missing. There's something wrong with you. There's lack here. And if I don't feel that lack, then there's something wrong with me. And so this is how people meet. One person thinks they're lacking. The other person thinks they're lacking. They don't think that consciously, but they magnetize each other because the person thinks they're lacking this and the other person thinks they're lacking that, but they're this and that match. And so they come together and the ego goes, we're going to make it look like love. (laughs) And it starts that way. But underneath that, from the inception of the relationship, was there something missing? Again, this isn't conscious and this can be little minimal things. But to me, I've come to appreciate it as this is the spiritual path. Like there's nothing wrong with that because other people go, now I've got to fix myself totally. And then go into relationship. That might be your path and that you can try that. Definitely keep keep saying yes to your wholeness. Definitely do all of those things. And simultaneously, relationships can be the fast track to our wholeness.
0: Yeah, I agree. And when you were saying that a partner and another partner usually come together because of this specialness that they feel like they need to fill themselves. I thought about how some people think codependent relationships are just needing the other person in order to be filled, but also the other partner wants to be needed. And so that's that's also the other side of codependency that they don't often realize. And um, coming back to the course though, that idea of being separate is obvious to the ego. Like you see me right now, I see you, there's space between us. So obviously the ego is going to be like, we're separate. But how does one train the the mind to see through the eyes of oneness, or as we call it in the course, Christ vision? How do we train that?
1: Well, that is the spiritual path to me. That is, and there's lots of ways to do that, honestly. You know, Buddhism and, you know, mystical Christianity and, you know, um, some people sit at the feet of a guru. Some people climb the Himalayan mountains and meditate for years at a time. You and I and others find the Course of Miracles. And to me, that has been my path, which I'm just solely dedicated to right now, unless my spirit leads me to something else. But Within the course itself, it is a mind training program. And as you know, one of the sections is 365 daily lessons. And so what people do is they do one lesson at a time and they drink that lesson in, they practice that lesson. And it says at the beginning of the lessons, you don't need to agree with this. You don't even need to like it. It doesn't matter. Let it, let the lesson have you and so over time it's brilliantly written I mean it's beyond genius what how this works where you know the lessons will slowly sometimes quickly sometimes slowly you know they'll make you look at the ego's game and how destructive it can be and then it'll flip it over and it'll tell you all about your wholeness and the glory of God and the love of God and then it'll make you look at your ego it kind of does this sort of back and forth thing. And and all the while, it's purifying your mind. It's freeing you from all the patterns that you consumed and became domesticated in. It's slowly, over time, dissolving them, and it never pushes you into fear. Each person, it just holds gently in this perfect balancing act. Oh, they're ready for a little more truth. It expands them, you know, so everyone has their own curriculum, well, the curriculum remains the same in the course, but everyone has their own journey and their timeline in relationship to it, to whatever is friendly, whatever is loving. But over time, it just starts to work inside of you and you look at something and you see it differently. Or suddenly you feel this upset and inside you, the next response is, oh, this is mine. This is my projection. This is up for me to forgive. And suddenly the person that used to be That used to be my problem. Now I'm like, oh, thank you for helping me see that. Without you, I couldn't have seen what else is hiding in the subconscious mind. So that's how the course does it over time. And it's very, I think it's very gentle personally.
0: I always say that on the spiritual path, what you need is consistency, willingness, and patience, because especially with the course, sometimes... Obviously, when you come to the course, there's a little bit of willingness already in you or you wouldn't have discovered it. But as you go through the actual text, the ego can get very triggered and want to give up because we feel like we need to have achieved something already just by going through it. But like you were saying, Holy Spirit and the course is penetrating inside of you and it's doing all the work. But oftentimes we think that we need to do lot of the work than what it actually asks us so when it comes to people or situations now that trigger the heck out of us and we have lots of triggers societal conditioning teaches us that um, they teach us to be revengeful or to stay in guilt fear or victim consciousness and on the other hand a course in miracles teaches us to love and to forgive now we can think of many extreme examples, especially going on around the world right now, war, crimes, natural disasters. And for the average person, there's just no way to love and forgive because to the ego, that seems so impossible for them. Like they can look at all these problems and be like, how, how do you just forgive? How do you just, how do you just love? Because it doesn't take away from the reality of what's actually going on. And so In that case, I think of it as like the ego making it personal, the ego making it special. and That's where the specialness comes in. Now, my understanding of the course is that it teaches us to serve at the highest level of love to operate from that love consciousness, no matter what the external circumstance is. So my question is, what is forgiveness? Like what is forgiveness? Because the word has a lot of connotation. It has a lot of depth than the ego can ever comprehend. And forgiveness, when you hear it, we think of like, oh, I forgive you, okay, then we're good. But forgiveness in the course means so much more and and its power is so underrated. So what is forgiveness and what role does forgiveness play in the transformation of special to holy relationships?
1: Yeah, that that's a, We're gonna hang out for a whole afternoon here, my friend. <laughs> Just a small question. (laughs) Um, So the world misunderstands all of this stuff. The world doesn't understand what forgiveness is. And that's partly why people jump ship, because they think what forgiveness is saying is overlooking um, uh, being a victim or, you know, or at best making you self-righteous, like, oh, I feel sorry for you because you're so broken that you hurt me. So I'll forgive you because I'm better than you. None of that is forgiveness because the Course says forgiveness must cause a change. If it doesn't cause a change, it hasn't happened. And so the world's form of forgiveness doesn't make anything change. It just tries to put a band-aid over something that is so superficial and will never actually work, which is why people find themselves decades later still harboring uh, an, an upset that is actually causing them harm on the mental, physical, and emotional plane. So the world's form of forgiveness is bullshit. And so when people go forgiveness doesn't work, I totally agree with them from that point of view. But now to your question, what is it according to the Course? You know, um, we at Living the Course, the, the program that my me and my business partner, Aaron Abke, created, our definition of forgiveness is remembering who you are. And I kind of like that because forgiveness takes us back to remember that I'm whole. And in my wholeness and in my spirit, which is what it's talking about, not the physical body. The physical body is not what I am. I'm the spirit animating the physical body. And when someone quote unquote dies, the body slumps onto the ground. The body didn't die. The spirit pulled out of it. And therefore the the body has no life force inside of it. So yeah, the body stopped functioning because the life force is done. We are the life force. That's what we are. And it's whole, perfect and complete. Forgiveness brings us back to that state. So Forgiveness, in my experience and how I understand the Course to teach it, is that it's always about me and it's something within my mind. The Course says I'm, the lie is I'm living in a split mind. One part of my mind is focused on fear and this dream that I'm separate. And the other part of my mind is always anchored in God. Never, never leaves. Always one, always well. So forgiveness takes my attention off of the fear, and brings me back to remember my holiness. That's what forgiveness does. And we do it a thousand times because we forget, and then we remember, and then we forget, and then we remember. And how do we know it's time to forgive? Because in the forgetting, we feel pain. We feel suffering. We feel separation. That's our cue. That something has to bring us back. So forgiveness is a returning home. It's a way of letting go of the separation, the judgment, the fear, and then bringing us back to our wholeness. That's what it does. Now, the Course also calls that a miracle. It's simply a changing of the mind to remember what I am. When you do that, when you let forgiveness be done to your mind about the story, and what happens is I go, oh, I'm whole, I forgot that, and guess what? My brother or sister, they forgot it. And in their forgetting, they did some stupid shit. Who doesn't do that? But that's not who or what they are. Forgiveness says look past that illusion, that dream that there's something wrong, and see them as their Christ self. See them as their innocence. That's what forgiveness takes us to. And when you have a taste of that kind of forgiveness— where suddenly you're returned to your own sense of self and wholeness and you don't have any harm or any stories going on, and then you see the other like that, both are blessed. But ultimately, forgiveness is for me and my brother or sister become the reflection to point me back to me. And then it gets a little weirder because they too become blessed by it. When you forgive, you and the other person, you are lifting them up. You're helping them remember. It's like if their path is a thousand years until they remember their wholeness, when you forgive them of that thing that they forgot or, you know, how they're acting when they forget that they're one with God, if you can help forgive that within yourself and for them, their journey shortens. And now they go to 600 years or 400 years or 100 years or a year. You know, that's what the course helps us do. It says it shortens the amount of time it would naturally take for you to return to your wholeness. And that's a lovely gift to give anyone.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. So forgiveness is remembering who you are and remembering the divine Christ essence of the other. And I like that whenever we have our meetings together with the group, that instead of saying oh i forgive that i forgive that you always say i ask that forgiveness set me and everyone free and i feel like when you say it like that it's it's so much more empowering because you you kind of stand in your power and say that i'm willing for forgiveness to work through me but i'm actually not the one doing the forgiving like not the ego and so that just came up in my mind, and I just thought that that was such a beautiful way to explain what forgiveness is. But I want to pivot a little bit about Holy Spirit, because I know you work with Holy Spirit all the time, and this kind of ties in with the last question, but who is Holy Spirit, and what is Holy Spirit's function in the transforming of special relationships?
1: Okay. Um, well, Holy Spirit is my friend. <laughs> I have a very personal um, relationship with this voice. In fact, I want to back up a bit. I also do channeled healing sessions, which I was very resistant to. Like 20 years ago, the Holy Spirit came to me and sort of downloaded this ability to hear a voice in service to other people expediating their freedom. And I was like, no way, I'm not doing that. That's just, I'm not going to be one of those people. Well, over the last couple of years, I've allowed myself to embrace it. So for me, I want to say first, it's this voice of love. It's clarity. It speaks to me. I can hear it as clearly as I hear your voice inside of me. Um, I pray from it. I have, I, I've i become, I've over the years become so reliant upon it that I'm, I'm thrilled to ask everything Get guidance on everything that happens because that's what it's here for—to guide you to make the choices that are of the most loving. Because the reality is, we don't know. We think a choice is loving, but it can be—it can be fear can be disguising itself as love. You know, for example, you think you're loving your partner when you're controlling them. You think you're loving them when you're telling them what to do, but the reality is you're afraid. You're moving from fear. And in that fear, you're actually pushing away the opportunity that you're seeking. So the Holy Spirit is within us. It's it's called so many different things. It's the bridge from fear to love. It's the guiding voice. It's the voice for God inside of you. It's like the meet intermediary between the split mind to heal the split mind. Um, Eventually, the Holy Spirit's voice is what you are. It's like your higher self or your higher power that is within you. Twelve-step people understand that because those who have gone from addiction to recovery, it's the whole journey from fear to love. And what got them there? Their higher power. Something mystical woke them up. And something, when they listened and followed it, sometimes it showed up as their sponsor, shows up in the meetings. Eventually, you learn to rely upon it as a way of life. There's that guiding power that loves you and will always help you choose the highest. That's what the Holy Spirit is. Again, it's a it's a word that feels religious and it feels separate. But in my experience, it's just like my best friend and there's no judgment. It's only here to help us. Um, And eventually, you align with it as your way of being. And then then eventually, when there's not two voices inside of you, when you no longer have the voice of fear, which the Course says that's Jesus, the only difference between Jesus and you is that Jesus only hears the voice of God. And that's all that is. For us, we still are experiencing the split. We hear the voice of God, and then we hear the ego voice. Um, So when the ego voice dissolves, through the practice of forgiveness and through the listening of the Holy Spirit, there's this something that happens where you go, oh, that voice is just me. I am that voice of love. I am that idea of God. I thought it was some other voice over here. And it sort of plays that game for you until your remembering brings you totally home.
0: So what you're saying is pretty much if you're going to have a codependent relationship, have a codependent relationship with Holy Spirit.
1: <laughs> oh, get all codependent up on that. <laughs> Lose yourself. Give give, give it all. <laughs> because the Holy Spirit will never be codependent with you.
0: Mm, I love it. So yeah, well- you can get up all in it. I've been blessed now to witness you channel and use affirmative prayer, like you said, as a useful device to deepen me and other students' relationship with our divinity. And for both of us coming from a Catholic background and transitioning to our own spiritual path, how has your relationship with prayer changed? And in what ways have you seen God bless your life with your personal approach to prayer?
1: Well, yeah, that's one of the biggest shifts because being raised Catholic, my prayers were rote prayers and they were praying to an external God, begging and beseeching and, and feeling angry at God and then begging God to help me. And so my prayers from my childhood were all fear-based. So the shift from that to, to affirmative prayer, which is what I've learned over my training and at Agape with Michael Beckwith and, um, uh, studied science of mind, studied you, studied all kinds of new thought teachings um, and just became a master of prayer. Not that I'm better than everybody. I've done my 10,000 hours of prayer. That's for sure. You know, so I, I do, the more we do it, the more connection we feel. So one of the big differences between the way I pray today and then is I was praying to God, reaching outside myself. Now I pray from God, from my divinity, And that's what affirmative prayer does. Affirmative prayer starts with defining what God is as whole, perfect, and complete. And then it moves to the next step, which says, well, if that's what God is and I'm made from God, I am that too. So there's an alignment process that takes place first so that from that alignment, then it says in alignment, ask and it is given. Then the alignment is like the kingdom of heaven where all already is given. So now prayer becomes remembering and prayer becomes declaring and prayer becomes creating. It comes like, you know, it's like there's this field of pure potential and quantum physics says the observer moves the wave to particle. That's what prayer does, but it does it at the highest vibration with the intention of healing, with the intention of remembering. And it all happens in the mind which is where, of course, miracles works in the mind. Because when you develop, and this is law of attraction, this is like basic Abraham Hicks stuff. When you establish clearly in your mind a divine idea and you fuel it with energy and color and emotion, the the mind says yes, the universe says yes. The universe doesn't know the difference between form and thought. It's all the same. In fact, form comes from thought. So prayer now is creating. Prayer now is remembering. Prayer now is empowering. And it can be in service to a brother and sister. It can expedite forgiveness. It can be a way to access um, real profound healing. I love it.
0: Yeah, I remember the very first time learning about your way of prayer how I came from like victim consciousness yeah. and separation to, to empowerment. And I saw the power that prayer really has when you're praying with other people versus when you're praying by yourself. Because you two are now, or or four or five, are now joining together in that you know who you are, you know what God is, and you know how possible miracles are because they're happening all the time. And so to merge that with another person's willfulness just makes it a totally different experience than when you're, you know, kneeling down and praying to God, like, why did you do this to me? Or I need this from you. It comes from a very holy place. And just like what you said, from what I've learned about you, um, you've been everywhere, You've tried different healing modalities and feel free to share any of those, but knowing a little bit about your story, you really lived out a spiritual seeker's life and yet you ended up in A Course in Miracles. Now, anytime my ego in my life feels the need to seek out there or get on the hamster wheel of What's next? You know, more spiritual knowledge, more mystical experiences. I also ground back to A Course in Miracles because it has this profound way of allowing you to remember what your purpose is on this earth, which is what you said to extend love and to allow love to work through you, uh, no matter where we are in our spiritual journey. But what is your message, advice, or insight for the seekers out there who have a challenging time with just settling in their internal wisdom to know who they are and think that the answers are out there. Because to me, when you're still seeking out there, you're still in a state of fear. Yeah.
1: It's interesting because it's like what I'm hearing inside of me, that feels important. And another great book I love, by the way, is the impersonal life. It's a tiny little book and it's genius. Um, You know, it would say keep seeking like it's all part of it. Like when I look back at my seeking and my insatiableness that brought me to India and then sent me to another yoga retreat and then sent me across the country here and there. It's all adding up to something. So if, if that seekers, if you feel like you're being whipped around by it and you're not getting anywhere, then by all means, sit your butt down. And talk to the Holy Spirit, even if it's your first time, and say, Holy Spirit, I'm running all over the place and this doesn't feel good. So please help me. Please help me to get sent. You know, do your asking. Ask to be centered. And simultaneously, at least for me, part of the seeking was joyful. Like it was, I enjoyed meeting different people and discovering different things. And it was all part of a perfect plan is what I feel like. So don't judge it, no matter what. No matter what, don't judge your journey. But check it out and see, is my seeking bringing me joy? And am I enjoying tasting this in a hundred different ways? Or am I running from something? And I think that's the key difference. Either one is going to be fine, because heck, if you're running from something and you're running to the next yoga retreat or the next guru sitting, you know, in India somewhere, whatever... At least you're running to something pretty fantastic, <laughs> you know. Eventually, it's like you pointed to earlier patience. It will slow down, you know. The Course of Miracles. I picked up the book, 1993, 94, something like that, and I knew, holding it in my hand, I knew that this was my book, and I set it down for another 10 or 15 years. Like you know what I mean? Like it each one of us, like you can trust your unfoldment and the more patient you are with it, the paradox is the more fulfilling it will be and the faster it will work for you. Um, But I guess my, my key point Mary is um, don't beat yourself up about it, you know, enjoy it.
0: Yeah. I like that because I mean, anyone who's in the spiritual journey is going to be going back and forth all over the place, trying to seek out there. And I think Aaron came out with this video of sometimes when the ego feels like it desires something, you almost have to feed that desire just to notice that it's not going to fulfill you. So just like you said, once you're on this path, it's not like God is going to lead you astray. You're still going to get somewhere. But for the majority of us, sometimes we like to experience it, to know that it's not for us rather than just mentally think about it and Make a decision that oh yeah maybe that's not for me maybe that that is for me we actually want to go through the experience to see the lessons that come out of it so thank you for that yeah
1: and and you know my one of my best friends Aaron Abke who you're talking about who is also the you know he and I co-created Living the Course this program Um, he's a every day I'm like what are you reading now (laughs) like like I mean that guy consumes but he's consuming from this passion to show oh this is how it's saying it this way that's like like there's a way that you can consume and 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 you can solidify your knowing and you can anchor oh wow the course in miracles and and the bhagavad-gita they're saying the exact same thing you know this it can actually make your convictions and your wholeness even stronger when you're doing it from that point of view and i had plenty of seeking years you know i just today i really am like whoo just give me the course. <laughs> just just give me the course. I read other things, but I just I, I just want to read the course. I want to memorize it. That's what I feel like.
0: Yeah. And I find that there's so much beauty in in reading and you know, other modalities of healing and awakening because when you have all those different perspectives, you're able to serve better because you're able to meet people with what they resonate with. And I feel like that is right. what makes such a powerful spiritual leader that you're not just teaching through one healing modality, but like also combining everything that you've learned, everything that God has prepared you for in order to serve in the best way possible. And I feel like that's what makes you and Aaron so powerful together because you have your own experience and path that you went through and so did Aaron, but you two together just meets everybody where they're at and it's more powerful in that way. So just to summarize what you said, that all special relationships comes from the belief of separation, which feeds our unworthiness, uh, fear of abandonment, and maybe those listening now on this podcast are suddenly inspired to take their connection with their Divine essence of other partners, friends, career, life, deeper, but to the mind, it can all feel very overwhelming. And we talked about this slightly earlier, but say you're not in a relationship right now and you're hearing all of this new information, and say you are in a relationship and you're hearing all this new information, it can feel very scary to the ego because they may feel like they're not in the right relationship or they need to wait until they're fully healed to be in a relationship. But in reality, we can transform the relationships that we already have just by healing ourselves, just by being on this journey. So the course further teaches that we need do nothing. We hear that a lot within the course that the willingness and forgiveness is all Holy spirit asks from us, but What does that mean? Because when we hear we need do nothing, it can sound almost too easy that all we need to do is surrender and everything else will be taken care of. So can you just clarify on that?
1: Well, that actually is what happens (laughs) when you surrender. Everything is taken care of. Um, You know, we each have to find our way there. I did enough relationship hopping, realizing that, you know, if, if if you leave a relationship, fine. You're going to leave relationship, but whatever you was unhealed, you're just going to draw the next one. And I was just, I didn't want that anymore. So I got to the point where I'm like, I don't manage coming and going. I no longer leave by my decision. I want the Holy Spirit to bring things to completion. I want to let this presence that I have learned to, to fully depend upon. If my marriage comes to an end one day, it will be done not by me. I do it like this, you know, it's, it will come from the place of love because that's where true transformation happens. So if you're in an abusive relationship where you're being harmed by all means, if you can go, go. But if you're in one of those relationships where you're experiencing this suffering, but you're like, I could leave. But then if you think there's someone else out there, that's going to be different, then give up that delusion because you're only attracting you. And when you realize that, you realize that changing the people, places, and things is no longer the game to play. That's really what you're talking about. You become dedicated to your own return to wholeness. And from there, people will go when it's time for them to go. And new people will come when it's time for them to come. But you're not managing it and fixing it and trying to make it happen. Because reality is, you don't have the high perspective. Of that. You're not there. So there's a lot of peace in, in giving up the game of trying to make these things happen. Um, so if you're in a relationship, and by the way, I do, I've just started this year doing spiritual relationship coaching to help people specifically with the teachings of of course miracles go from special to holy. So if you're in a marriage where you're in that place of like, I can't leave and I can't, I can't stay, that's hell. When you're in hell, get help, pick up the book, shoot me an email, whatever, you know. Um, but that is also the most sacred place. Course Miracle says the most sacred place is where an ancient hate becomes a present day love. That's your opportunity. So let it churn you and alchemize you into your wholeness. Let it serve that. And then from there, you're choosing will be different. If you're seeking love and you're not in a relationship now, there's nothing wrong with desiring it, by the way, relationship is lovely. That's how we know God through connection. That's the beautiful thing. We all want that. So don't make yourself wrong for wanting that. That's a wonderful time to do this work. You can do the work of, of seeing the patterns of your ways of attracting from not enoughness or from unworthiness, heal those, and you will attract from a wholeness to a wholeness. So in my point of view, you can't lose ever by by doing this work.
0: Yes, I like that. Letting love pretty much lead you, because even if you are in, say, an abusive relationship, you might think that it's unloving to leave your partner, but actually the loving thing to do is do what's best for you and in turn serve them because they're not growing if they're in this abusive relationship with you and they're not seeing what needs to be changed. So love that. And you've said earlier before too, that you've been married for coming 27 years now. And even though we know that we are as God created us to be, and we have the higher perspective of truth, doesn't mean that our relationship will always be perfect. And although we can navigate through these obstacles with loving awareness, we're still very much human because the world is our mirror and we feel a lot of deep emotions. And so I just love to know how you approach your challenges in in your relationship and how you show yourself some grace in those times when your mind is really battling with your heart. Like, what does that look like in a partnership And in showing compassion and love to yourself?
1: Well, the key thing is I have given up. I don't have this idea anymore that when it's working perfectly, then it's this right relationship. That is not the game I play at all because it's like I expect special challenges to come up because that's what my life is. I'm here working them through and I have a partner that I'm working them through with. That's the key to the best of our ability, but even if you're in a relationship where someone isn't wanting to do this work, you can still, it's all inside of you. So I don't, I, I used to have this like, oh, this must not be right because it's hard right now. And now I go, oh, this is hard. This must be right. (laughs) This is making me work. This is bringing me back. This is making me pray. This is perfect. So now I don't have this, like, cause I had a story. I think a lot of people have a story when it gets hard, then it must be wrong. And that is just, that's, that hurts, you know? And I just don't have that when it's hard. It's a call to return to God. It's a call to forgive. And that's what I'm here to do. So that would be the key thing. Like, don't name it. Don't, don't, don't judge it. Just let it, let it, it's your reflection. So use it to awaken.
0: Hmm. I like that. And I think that's what you emphasize within our community as well, that you know, holy relationships are great. The relationships we have is here for us to awaken deeper. And and we need the other partner to show our unhealed parts of ourselves in order to ascend and to evolve and so when you look at a relationship that way where you're not looking for the other person to fulfill you but rather you're using what they're mirroring back to you as a stage of deeper levels of awakening then it becomes fun it becomes enjoyable because you know Nothing is really that serious. And you you approach life in this fun-filled way and, and joy, knowing that they're also on their own path. And you've made this sacred contract that I choose you. I choose you to be my person for life in order to learn more about myself and to yeah. ascend. Here's another,
1: thing. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but holy relationship is the container. The content is whatever you guys are working on. You know, I mean, a holy relationship, the two people inside that container, they could be in this big upset. They could be struggling with addiction. They can be really working some shit out. The container is holy relationship. Everyone's content is your individual
0: classroom. Yes, I love that. You've definitely changed my outlook the past two and a half, almost two and a half years on what relationships are really made out of. To close us off. For anyone who's interested in working with you, what are some offerings that you have right now or that are available and what's your main focus at the moment? Because I know you've said that this is kind of a niche that you're working on and, and focusing on, but if someone's interested working with you, how can we do that?
1: I have two offerings, um, which I'm really building. Like you said, I do special to holy relationship coaching um, and I do that for women right now. And um, there's two ways I do that. I can do one-on-one. And I also do it in groups. I love groups. I love group work. I currently have one running. I'm launching my next group, which is eight. It only needs eight people. So we keep it small so we can grow together and help each other. That begins in April. Um, so that, that'll be my next launch of a circle. And then I do the Holy Spirit. or I took that word off. Um, I do healing, channeled healing sessions. So that's another way You can go to my website. There's a page explaining a little more on how I do that. If that's of interest to you, check it out.
0: Awesome. You can also find the links to Mark's website and work in the show notes. I'll I'll link it in. But not to put you on the spot or anything, Mark, I would like for you to bless us, bless this episode, bless this conversation, and maybe a prayer from you to just bless us all in transforming our special relationships to holy relationships to close us off, if that's okay. I
1: will gladly do that. Happy to do that. All right. So I I do that and close my eyes. If you can do that by joining me, close your eyes. If you're listening, even if this is later, close your eyes and let this prayer be for you. And so I begin, as I explained earlier, by placing my attention upon God God as perfect love, God as unconditional love, God as a presence and power that just gives and gives and gives and doesn't seek to get anything because it is everything. God is the light. God is the connective power. God is the pure joy of every being everywhere present. There is nothing lacking in God. And because this is true about God, this is true about me. Because I am created from God, by God, with all that God is. So I am the love of God. I am the grace of God, the power of God, the peace of God, the creative power that God is. I am and as it's true for me, this is true for you, the listener. And what I know for you is that you are walking in God. You are like a fish swimming in the ocean looking for water. It's impossible for that. And you are swimming in the love that you are. And I declare and know that you are whole, perfect, and complete, seeking to get nothing from anyone. I bless you and I declare that every relationship in your life is now the very place that points you back to yourself. And you have enough grace and you stand on enough um, power and knowing of your divinity that you now, can let your relationships become reflections and mirrors for you to do the deeper work inside of you. Because everything you see is what you're seeing from. But the deeper truth is you are whole. You are perfect and complete. And everything else is here to be forgiven and to be dissolved into the nothingness from what it came. So I know that you can look at every relationship and declare that forgiveness sets you and that person free. And that within you is an awakening, remembering of your wholeness and your joy, and you don't need anything because it is all within you. And so I know that your relationships now become places for you to play. Relationships become now places for you to begin sharing your truth, saying your yes that means yes, saying your no when it means no, and living your life fully in your glory and in your power and letting everyone else in your life do the same. I speak this prayer that cuts the cords of codependency. And I say this prayer that dissolves the belief of any lack, any unworthiness, any need for another. And as that need, quote unquote, which is a lie, is dissolved, now it is about sharing. Now it is, relationships are fulfilling. Relationships become the place of laughter and where you see the glory of God in another and their pure joy. It is, it is It just reveals your wholeness and your God self and your perfection. And whenever it doesn't, it's a call. It's a call to remember love. And we welcome those calls as many come our way because our God is so great. I'm happy to speak this prayer for you, for your relationships, and to know that this prayer is fulfilled. I'm so grateful for it. And in gratitude, I release it. I let it be. And so it is.
0: Wow. I feel like I was going to have a kundalini awakening. <laughs> Well, Mark, you've been an absolutely beautiful role model in my life and in my husband's life as well and have been an awe-inspiring and such a fun, fun leader. Mm -hmm. And you've brought so much joy and color in our lives and I'm sure the rest of the students that you work with. And so I just want to close this by expressing our gratitude on behalf of everybody and to everyone who's listening who just got a little dose of your work and of your magic. So thank you for your service and your devotion to love and in all aspects of life. And thank you for the work that you do and for sharing your time with us today and sharing your wisdom. And I mean, we have class tonight, so I guess I'll see you tonight, right? I'll be
1: there. (laughs) I got to get ready.
0: (laughs) All right. Thank you, Mark.